1: Talking about millions of dollars. What would you do if you had a million dollars? I'll tell you what I'd do, man. Two chicks at the same time, man. We're living in a material world, and I am a material girl. Or boy. Well, what about you now? What would you do?
2: Besides two chicks at the same
1: time? Oh, yeah. Nothing. Nothing, huh? I would relax. I would sit on my ass all day. I would do nothing. Well, You don't need a million dollars to do nothing, man. Take a look at my cousin. He's broke. Don't do
3: If I had a
4: Longer Big stacks and Jacks. I'm coming out. He's just on the board. SP and p futures, buy 11. Buy buy futures buy down 11. Nasdaq futures down 104. $1. $1. Dow $1. futures $1. unched, unched. So we're kind of a mixed bag here, which we kind of have been lately. Things are going in different direction. The uh, yeah, Russell has been going in different directions. A lot of stuff is sort of all over the place. Speaking of all over the place, is that
3: Brendan and Atlanta here? It is. How are you? I'm here.
4: Where? Where is I'm here? Doing well,
3: thank you. Where is here? Uh, this morning, I am sitting in my condo overlooking a dark lake, Michigan. Uh,
4: what are you doing over there in your condo? Aren't you supposed to be, uh, <clears throat> hanging up in Michigan?
3: Well, I have, uh, an in-person meeting this morning. So I had to come back into town, uh, for, to prepare for an early morning meeting.
4: Uh-oh, you and Matty Webber in the same boat. He actually yeah, to, go to work today. he told me that,
3: that. he had going into the office for the first time in two years. This would be my first time meeting with a client in, uh years
4: <laughs> um it'll be a shock for the the is as they say in the south side
3: it will That's it will and i have to even figure out if i uh you know what i'm going to wear am i going to wear a suit the time uh, i don't know if i have any of those
4: well i have a hunch that you're still fit at least
3: yeah yeah uh, i think actually i've lost a little bit of weight overall from what i started wearing when i was wearing my suits all the time so uh, I, it's a question about how they will fit, but I think that it, it, they will fit. But will uh, will they be hanging off of me, or will they be noticeable, or will they feel comfortable?
4: What percentage so have of people? My suspenders. What percentage of people do you think, in the last, throw on a suit from the last two years, it's too it's too big for them instead of small?
5: <laughs> yeah, I think Brennan's in the minority. Uh, I think
4: yeah.
3: probably a lower percentage.
4: That's what I. Uh, one of the things <laughs> talk about having a uh, a loser thing you like to look at, I used to love going to that uh uh what first look which might actually be back this mm-hmm. year huh the uh for those that don't know the first look the auto is, is the is the largest uh charity night of the year in Chicago where there's actually it used to be only uh you had to make application it was it was years to become this is going to be awful there's there't there like nine diseases. They got to be uh the sell tickets for the charity. The night the charity, yeah. Mm-hmm. But but you had muscular Dysphorie. You had the lung association. You had basically places like that. Uh, uh, Ms. Ricordi was kind of one, I think, for a while. But you only you, it took you forever to get in, and you were only in for nine years, right? And you had to sell mm-hmm. how many tickets? You had to sell like five hundred tickets or something. And you got to keep most yep. of it, but, but yep. you had to sell it or else you got booted. And for nine years they rotated anyway, right? It was it was kind of anyway it was an ideal. But so, uh, it, it's formal, it's the night before, and if, if you go to a good place, we were with the Chicago Long Association, <coughs> they always had a great private room, private buffet, private bar, all that stuff, so you never even had to go to the show, you just hang down there with all the doctors and stuff, who were always fun to be with, and, uh, or if you wanted to go to the show, you know, they had somewhat food up there, but there were lines and stuff, and of course they had a big dessert bar, and, an ap- you know, whatever, after drink, after dinner, drink bar, afterward, you put your coats down there, it was pretty neat, well the everybody had, it was formal right. So all these guys yeah know, were wearing their tux from like I use the term years ago. And uh to say that virtually nobody fit in the damn thing. And then the, the women were wearing their formal dresses from their ute. And let's just to say they weren't fitting in the thing either. So there was there, there, was, there was a there was a lot of stuff sticking out of out of clothes <laughs> to the point where <laughs> to the point where it was entertaining. But it, I, I know that I uh, a couple years I had to go to the cleaners and say you know hey you got to let this thing out a little bit I got go to go this <laughs> next it's first of all that's embarrassing enough especially when the cleaner lady says to me didn't you used to run I, yeah, yeah yeah I used to run so uh <laughs> 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 you know,
0: I'm I'm still running but I'm not going to tell you what I'm running from <laughs> I'm, I'm, not, I'm
4: clearly not running as fast or as far as <laughs> anyway the uh but it's a uh, I was just thinking, my my uh, my uh nephew and I were driving around the other day. He was talking about people going back to work. And I said, you know, I knew a guy <laughs> way back in the day. It, it, it's, this is how you learn and, you know, things just kind of hang in there. He he was a guy, he, he'd been working someplace and he gets laid off, right? So then he becomes one of these guys that, you know, he bartends a couple nights a week and does mm-hmm. something else and then helps somebody out on a Tuesday. And, well, after about six months, there was no way the guy could squeeze... An eight-hour day into his schedule. So to say that he was actually looking for a job, he just the whole his whole world got taken over by bartender a couple of nights. Then he gets, then he gets one afternoon. Then something else. You end up you actually you actually can't fit a job back in your life. And I think mm-hmm. that that's right. absolutely what's happening to a lot of people that are working at home. They they went out and they've got two dogs instead of one. You know maybe the. the the babysitter doesn't come on a Tuesday or a Thursday, so you manage to get a day or two off on that. And so there's a point where there's no way, guys, we nerfed that I can actually leave this place every day for nine hours. Uh-huh. And it's in a, you know and then you 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 know delude yourself unless like Maddie says unless you're in a sales job, which in which case you got to perform at home as well as anywhere else. I mean, we start talking about you know teachers thinking they do just as well at home as a command. I mean, everybody after a whole year now has decided they pretty much lost that whole last year, right? I mean, look right. at in the in the amount of uh you know it's interesting. I mean, I, I'm not a sociologist, but Brendan, there, there's got to be how many PhD theses here? Uh I was talking to my, my what's 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 my nephew's wife to me? I mean, what, I don't know what the relation is, but the teacher, she's what's very dancing. Uh, <laughs> well, mean, I mean, she the. uh she was, I was asking her about all the, uh, uh, all the headlines you're hearing about all the fights and stuff at school, how kids have, you know, forgotten how to interact with each other because nobody did for a year and a half. Mm-hmm. And, uh, I I gotta believe that there's, is, there's is massive studies to be done as to how serious that is, how long it takes to catch up or to catch back or whatever you want to call it, you know, and all, and what were the actual costs of being at home for that length of time and being out of, out of, you know, not talking to people, not doing stuff and, At interacting and how long it takes to get back to normal or if it's a permanent issue. I don't think anybody knows, do
3: you? No, they don't. But there's another part of that, too, that when people don't go back into the office for a year, like Nanny's situation or my situation later on today, maybe these people, what's the corporate culture going to be like in five years? You know, when you look at all the corporations that are out there right now, even with a year, year and a half, two years, with no people in the office. I think that they can maintain their corporate culture um, to the point where it'll last for the for the next couple of years. You know, those who are ingrained now know what the corporate culture is and know how to interact with people within the firm. If not, spreading the corporate culture. So when you think about law firms or accounting firms or uh, you know, pick any any kind of any kind of company, uh, how do they interact? How do they teach their young people coming up right out of school or your lateral hires? What distinguishes our company from the other company? You know, what are the personalities like? How do you, how do you train to uh, train them to do the things that you want them to do in the way you want to do them? You know, any entrepreneur faces that if if he or she is successful in their business, there's a certain way of doing it. You know, I go to the chief for my trading because I like this personality and I like this training philosophy and I like that it's spread across the entire company. So I know if if Chief isn't there, then I can go to Maddie or I can go to somebody else, and the work will be done in the same way, with the same kind of culture. so about two years of that, that's gone. The, the, the whole idea of this is the way that we do it is gone. And I think there's going to be a really interesting challenge in the next couple of years when we do get back to going full-time, or, or at least more often than we are now.
4: Well, I have a, one of our, our listeners, and has been a listener you know, forever, he was saying that, uh, he's an engineer. And we had a big discussion last week about, you know, how efficient people are at home. And I, I would say that, uh, you know, again, I'm, I'm on opposite, not on opposite ends of this, but, I mean, Audrey obviously has her own, uh, real estate, um, brokerage, and she works out of her home. Well, but Audrey, is... <laughs> We'll, we'll actually start work at seven o'clock. I mean, I mean, she works her fanny off at the at the place. I mean, she's in sales. I mean, mm-hmm. and uh, so it's way more efficient than if she has to drive fifteen miles, show up at a team meeting in the morning or some crap where people she doesn't even work with, and, and then drive home and keep going to the first showing type of thing. But I also this guy said he's an engineer. Well, he is an engineer. have to say it. Uh, and he said for engineers to not be around other people. To not have the one meeting a week where somebody says, "I'm having trouble with this piece and and that realizes that affects the part you're doing and then having to track people down at home instead of just popping to their office for two minutes he goes it's it's a it's light year's difference i mean it can't be done maybe not can't yep. is too strong a word but so I think at every in every business you're in there's 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 a piece it's either you know i think mean, there's some people that are more effective some people that are way worse. And I, the whole idea mm-hmm. of the public employees making that decision by themselves, I shudder with that one. I mean, I can't believe mm-hmm. that, uh, you know, let's put it this way. If, if the people at the Federal Reserve were just as well off at home, how many million dollars did they place, did they put, did they spend on that place hardening it so nobody, no terrorists could get to it? I mean, we could have saved that dough, right? If they're just as efficient. Well, well there's,
3: being. there's a lot of stuff that could be said, but, you know, I mean, you pointed out one distinction between Audrey and, um, you know, another corporate led like the engineers. Those are just two examples, and yes, there may be less of an effect on the entrepreneurs who can do their job in a silo, uh, completely apart from the else and that they're used to doing that. Sales is one way to do that, especially for folks who are working with phones instead of in-person sales. But still, there's, you know, I, I think that there's going to be a huge transformation in the way the company, the way the United States works in the next couple of years because of this, this phenomenon of the of the uh, of the price in the way that they're now working overall, working from home. Uh, even things like the office, the office space. Think about, uh, for example, the, the pecking order in large firms or large companies. who have got the corner office right now? And does the guy in the corner office deserve the corner office, guy or woman in the corner office continue to deserve the, the corner office? And our office is the same size. Or do you have the you know the senior partners, the junior partners, the associates, all in different spaces because of the time that they're in their office?
4: Well, that that too, and I think is you know that's that's the way I to say about sports, uh, Brendan. And very if you go out there and if you work out, okay, even even a guy like you, if you if you're running, if you don't time yourself. Or if you don't run with somebody, or you don't go play handball or basketball, where it's not how fast you want to go, you gotta go as fast as the guy, the guy you're playing against, right? If you don't do those, if you you get to judge yourself, all's good after a while, right? I mean, so, I mean, I Mm -hmm. I know, I know people who tell me that they're, that they're working from home, and I call them in a business capacity. From my end, it's nowhere near the same as when they were in the office. I mean, they, they can judge it on their own. Mm -hmm. The simple fact is, they're not. I mean, I mean, right. I mean, you don't. You don't get two million passports. Uh, you know, behind schedule, and everybody at home telling you how hard they're working. I mean, well, they, they obviously yeah. are doing thing about passports. I don't know what the hell passports. I don't know what they're doing. So, I mean, it's not. It's not up to you to necessarily judge. I mean, so you you may say, well, I'm and, and I'm working from home, but if your boss is in the office. And he looks at your desk and you're not there and he picks up the phone and you don't answer at home. It's not the same to him. It, it's not up to you. I mean, this new generation, they think everything's up to them. Nothing's up to you. Mm-hmm. I, mean, I mean, if you're president, right. it's not up to you. It's up to the voters. There, there's nobody in this country that is their own boss. I mean, unless, I mean, I guess there's a few people that might be artists or something, but other than that, you'd you know, you, you be you're not even your own boss, but an artist. Nobody wants to buy your painting. You're screwed, right?
3: That's right. So, so they the, have some kind of uh, some interaction with uh, with the general public to buy your art in the first place. Well, but
4: this is this is a, a this generation, and I don't want to generalize that much, but I just did. Uh This is a, a generational flaw. You don't you don't get to tell me how well you're playing handball. You just got your ass kicked. <laughs> the other guy I mean, obviously mm-hmm. played a lot better than you, right? Yeah, but yeah, but I yeah. I, I did real well. and The guy beat you twenty-one-five. I know how good is that. I mean, this group seems to think that they can judge themselves. You don't get to do that. I don't judge how well yeah. I trade for somebody; the client does.
3: Well, you're, you're right. And when when you're talking in the sports analogy, you need that comparison. You know, think about think about the guy who's running half mile repeats on the track. He may be improving, but he doesn't know what I'm doing on the track. I could be improving just as much or more. Uh, so it, it's not a universal of one. You've got to compare your, your performance and your, your training technique with other people. You know, one of the things that comes to mind is uh, Walter Payton and his workouts on that hill up in Arlington Heights, or wherever it was that he was, where he would just work like a demon. But, you know, he did not know how well that was paying off until he got on the practice field and started going over defensive linemen. Well, the, he, he, all he, the strength he was building up it, it could have been for naught because of what the other guys were doing. And until he... was able to put himself in a situation to compare himself versus the other guys on the field. You don't really know, no matter how uh, objective you are about your own performance, without that measurement of others, you're lost.
4: Well, he had a pretty good clue when every time somebody went to work out with him, they fell out after about three times up when he was doing 15. That's true. That's true. And they said even when he didn't... But again,
3: again, that's more comparison. You've got the, the comparison of somebody who's doing the workout with you even somebody who thinks that they're fit and is working out
4: diligently on their own. Yeah, I think he, I think he had a, plus they said if he, if he just went on a regular football field, he would run like twenty hundred yard sprints and everybody else fell out after about eight. I think he, mm-hmm. I think he was a, he was ahead of the game because nobody wanted to work out with him. <laughs> I think, yeah. I think he had somewhat of a clue, you know, kind of a thing. So, uh, what do you make of the, the Fed meeting coming up about page two here? Uh, what do you think people's view is of, this inflation fight and and even this this COVID fight, well, let's let's back up to that. What do you think of the, the, the games all being canceled now? All these people are they're all vaccinated, they're all boosted, and everybody's 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 uh testing positive. Uh, I guess a few people have symptoms, but most don't. Um, mm-hmm. so what happens if, if all the bulls eventually get it? Does that mean they're good for the rest of the year? And if you already have it, do you, do you stop taking tests or do you got to keep doing all that stuff? I mean,
5: what's going on? No, I
3: think we have to be doing it. I, I think what happens is that the, even with the, like the Bulls, they just don't have enough healthy bodies to be able to feel the team. I think what have they down to, four or five guys who are not in the COVID protocol? I if thought it was up to the like They yet. couldn't feel the team. They the entire game.
4: When, when, if ever, are we going to say, if you already had it, you're okay?
3: Uh, I I don't have an answer for that. I you know I, I do. I, I, I don't have an answer for that.
4: It's kind of been a long time, and I, I'm sure there's somebody somewhere you could point to that got it twice, but it, I think it's probably a pretty rare event. I mean, uh.
3: Well, I, I think that's that's part of what they're finding right now. They don't know, and, and I, I don't think that they know enough about Omicron to know if that is more contagious and vaccines less effective than they were before. And by vaccines, I, I'm also including the natural immunity for people who have had it before.
4: Um, from what. Everything I'm reading, I'm reading all this stuff from South Africa. It's, uh, seemingly way more contagious, hopefully to the point where it, it, uh, runs over this Delta variant, because it's not as, it's not as, uh, uh, hard on you. Not as deadly. Not as deadly. And that, uh, there's, it blows through the vaccines quicker, but that, uh, your immunity is, is good for all the rest of them, even the harder ones, so far. That's what I'm getting out of there, which would be, God, yeah, if that happened, that'd almost be a plus, wouldn't it?
3: yeah it would be it would be interesting if that was the mutation that it really does lessen the severity um and you know if, if if that happens maybe it will get to a different form of herd immunity quicker and we can get back normal. but i well, think that, i think it's still too early to tell i don't think that there's enough uh but we should be getting there pretty close i mean if you look at the original covid virus and the delta virus it it took you know several weeks couple of months before we started to see how virulent it was and we're almost at that point now where you're starting to see uh, omicron numbers go up so' be really, you know, pretty soon that we'll see uh, how effective the vaccines are or natural immunity is for omicron and um, you know I, I just hope that that we get back to normal pretty soon um well
4: we only got a couple minutes but how nervous are you, and you're not as near as conspiratorial as I am, how nervous are you that, that Pfizer is driving this bus? It it has me absolutely frosted that that there's that a lot of the studies they're doing. It seems like no matter what happens, no matter how much the vaccine's working less and less, the, the outcry is the, is the vaccine people more and more. I mean, if, if, this, if this Omicron thing looks like it is coming from South Africa, why in God's name do we want to start vaccinating six-year-olds? Let's let them get it.
3: Well, um I, I'm going to start with the statement that you started with that I'm not nearly as conspiratorial as you are. <laughs> and uh, I, I think um I, I do worry about big pharma and I do worry that uh, but I don't think that they're driving the bus. I, I, I do ap- think I absolutely I think think they do the pharmaceutical companies here are, are the ones that are creating more problems here. Um
4: I've I've all I've read countless articles that the vaccines were off after four and a half to six months. And I've never heard boo from that from our people in CDC. I mean, they, they got the idea of the booster, but what are they going to tell people? You got to take a booster every six months. If that's the case, that we haven't said a word about that, have we?
3: No. Um, but I haven't read those reports that, uh, where you are, Would uh, what you just said, that, that there's evidence that the boosters were off, uh, and, you know, I, I also haven't read the same articles that you've read that match your immunity from having had the virus last a lot longer and a lot stronger than, than the vaccination.
4: And that's my point. That's my point. Unless you uh, were lucky enough to have listeners that send you stuff from overseas, you never will. That's my point. All these studies are coming mm-hmm. from the U.K., from Israel, and from South Africa. I mean, you you're, you're never read that here. Now whether, you know, like I say, I'm no, I'm no doctor, but it seems like every, every, every reasonable scientific thing I've read has come from overseas. We, we just, there, there's a, there's a, there's, somehow there's a hold on the news here, and I don't know where it's coming from. Plus, whatever happened there, the, the government gave money to six or seven firms for vaccines, right? And they're not all the same. There's some of the, the ones further down the chain where we're using the whole virus, we're using the more traditional method. Those, those names have dropped out. Are, are we, are we, have we told them we're never, we're, that we're never going to approve yours because Pfizer's in, in the driver's seat or what? I mean, something, something strange going on. Uh,
3: well, I, I think part of that goes to the efficacy of some of the viruses. Like, you think about the AstraZeneca, which was popular in quickly It was seen as one of the breakthroughs. And I just don't think that that's been uh, as effective either in the U.K. or here. I think that there there may be reasons that are non conspiratorial.
4: I would think you uh, or you I'm are not correct. Giving
3: pfizer a, I'm not giving pfizer a pass, but I do think that, that you know when you have four or five or six different people coming in from different angles, some may be more effective than others. And uh if you're less effective that, and there there's enough supply of ones that are more effective, I think the natural tendency is to go to them. I mean, if you if you knew that uh, that there were three vaccines out there and one of them was fairly effective. If the other ones were
4: highly effective. You have the choice. Which one are you going to take? I can't. Uh, we got a dash, but I, I can't imagine Brennan today. Fauci walking out there with his warts and saying, "You know what? This one that just came up is uh, is way better than Pfizer." We're, we're, we're bleep cannon Pfizer. I can't. I can't imagine after the after the, the you know the uh, the sweat they put into this Pfizer thing and and the other guy's Moderna a little bit. I can't imagine him making that announcement. I don't think they can. Well,
3: I think that depends on what happens with, uh, with the Omicron and with the continuing spread of Delta. If that does continue to increase dramatically and there is something else out there, I think that there will be a change. All right, but so thank right you. Now we don't have we'll that kind of information. Enjoy
4: yourself. Maybe you and Maddie, you're all dressed up, could do lunch together, you know, and get back into the full swing of things.
3: <laughs> yeah, we can find a place that's open for lunch.
4: <laughs> that's the truth, too. Take care, man. SB Futures down five. NASDAQ Futures... Uh, whoa, Nasdaq futures down 67. Come back a little bit. We're we're swinging into the Decembers, or the Marches. We're flipping this week. We'll be right back, Stacks and Jacks.
1: How much confidence do you have that your investments will make you wealthy? Do you truly know the odds? Welcome to Luckbox, the control freak's guide to life, money, and probability. Luckbox shows you how to gauge the likelihood of success before you commit to an investment or any other decision. And Luckbox is free for one year at luckboxmagazine.com slash jocks. But you can subscribe for ten free digital issues at Luckboxmagazine.com slash jocks. Don't rely on luck. Get Luckbox at LuckboxMagazine.com slash jocks.
4: Stocks, jocks, stocks, and jocks. You are out of control right here. Right now. Right here. Right now. Well, I'm, to pay I'm Tom Allen, Mr. Matt Weber on the board. I'm going to give you the, uh, well, we have the Decembers and Marches trading side-by-side. Side. This week we flipped their marches. Uh, we've and futures down five. They were down more than that when we came in. their futures are down 69. They were down uh, 99, like a uh, half hour ago. Dow futures are now up 31. Uh, individual stocks in the Dow that are taking them up would be, uh yeah, what the hell's up? we got IBM is up 97 cents. we got Apple up a dollar 45. apple Apple's been a big horse lately up uh, $1. Over in Europe, we've got the uh, first day of the Fed meeting today is here, not in Europe. But in Europe, we've got DAX up 5 bucks. call that flat. These guys are usually quiet when we have Fed meetings going on here, and this morning is no exception. FTSE up 31.4%, CAC around up 5, call that flat. Over in Asia, we've got the Nikkei down 207.7%. We've uh, catch up to our down day yesterday. Shanghai down 19.5%. Hang Seng down 318, 1.3%. The um uh yesterday's a way of review, we've got the uh we had the Dow down three twenty, the S P down forty three, NASDAQ down two seventeen. You oh, know, by the way, uh last was it July, Matty, all we did was talk about Evergrand, right? And how they might go under and how the market took a big hit here and it was a yeah. big deal and then and then re, then came back. Then they supposedly had a buyer and a buyer reneged well very quietly last week they pretty much faded out almost out of business stocks like down to nothing they actually are in the bankruptcy of some sort over there so let's just say the the, the fact the rumor was something the facts didn't have doing anything and and actually if you want to be a conspiracy sort virtually nobody here is downgrading the Chinese debt and it's like it's like the uh, the uh, places that do the, the down the downgrades and upgrades are almost intimidated by the Chinese so Every, it's almost like no news, which is really bizarre. I'll we'll talk to Joel about that in a second. Uh, Bonds ten-year up one thirty-second to one point four three. That's the rate. The Bund up one to minus point three six, and the Japan uh, up a little bit to positive point zero five. It's been point zero four lately. Oil up twenty three cents, seventy one fifty one. So it's up reasonable from its uh low. Is what maybe sixty eight somewhere in there? Sixty seven and a half. Brent up 27 cents, 74.66. Natural gas down 6 cents, 3.73. Arbob up a penny to 2.12. We've got gold down 3 bucks. It actually rallied some yesterday, but 17.60, 17.84 today. Silver down 4 cents, 22.25. Copper up a penny, 4.29. Uh, and we've got crypto. Uh, Bitcoin's up a thousand, but still 47,643. Way down from the 63,000 of a few weeks ago, but we're bouncing back this morning. What do you got for us? Traffic Weather Sports.
5: 38 minutes past the hour. Good morning to everyone out there. Off to a good start here on the area expressways. Uh, no issues on the Edens or Kennedy. Traffic building on the Eisenhower, but no accidents to report. Same for the Stevenson. Southside expressways are all quiet, and out in the western burbs, uh, we're looking good too. Only uh, issue in the area is down on the south side. We have uh, Marquette Avenue closed between 83rd and 79th Street due to uh, an earlier structure fire that has uh, crews on the scene. It was a story frame with collapse that happened earlier this morning that has that area closed on the south side. But everything else, all quiet out there. Weather today, a beautiful mid-December day. Partly cloudy skies with a high of 50. Right now, it is clear and 43 degrees downtown. For our Phoenix listeners, partly cloudy with a high of 70 today. Right now, it's clear and 59. In sports, uh, the Bulls announced that their two games this week, uh, including one that was scheduled for tonight, will be postponed. Due to a COVID outbreak on their team that has seen 10 guys uh, placed into uh, health protocols based on testing positive or being near someone that tested positive uh, due to the uh, NBA's uh, COVID policy. So uh, they will reschedule their two games for this week. And then last night, the Blackhawks had their game postponed as well due to a COVID outbreak on the Calgary Flames roster, the team they were supposed to play last night. So it ended up being a quiet night last night uh, for our local teams. The Suns were in action. They were blown out by the Clippers, 111-95. to And lastly, Monday Night Football uh, was a pretty good game uh, between two NFC West teams that saw the LA Rams upset the Arizona Cardinals on the road, 30-23. to
4: Chief. You know, if you were to say Marquette Road, that's 67th Street going through Marquette Park. Marquette Avenue is is actually a north-south street.
5: That's wild, isn't it? That is wild. Yeah, that's weird. Do we have Joel? Joel, how are you, buddy? Good
0: morning. Hey, I'm doing well. I'm doing well. How are you? I guess the Windy City is the spring city now, huh? High of 50 degrees.
4: This week's supposed to be uh, possibly 64. We might go after the record tomorrow, allegedly.
0: Yeah, yeah,
4: that's what we're here in our end. so what do you want to cover today, chief? Well, we got the Fed meeting, we got the the dust sports. Uh I was, I was surprised we're getting we're getting COVID uh, stuff this year, but it's uh, the first time it's happened. I guess it makes sense rather than playing with eight people in mean, I don't know how you do that. But yeah,
5: the, especially when all the stars started going down. The NBA was like, "All right, we're gonna, we'll postpone the games. It's fine when the scrubs go down, but when the star players start going down, they're like, "All right, we'll postpone."
4: Um you just kinda wonder if they're actually sick or not, if they actually have it. But uh
5: Well Billy Donovan said, uh the coach of the Bulls said that of the guys that are out, a couple of them have mild symptoms and then the rest are asymptomatic. No one's like on their deathbed or anything.
4: All right, well maybe well, so then by uh by next Monday, uh we're they're good to go. Yep. If everybody everybody's all right. But uh so uh you guys what's what's the early line on your on your game, uh your your team, Joel? Oh,
0: well we yeah, we're uh we're the dogs. Uh, we're getting about a touchdown. Uh, they are, um, they're, they're loving the SEC. You know, you know what, you know, the dominant teams over the years have been, you know, Alabama and Alabama. Uh, Georgia tried to show some metal and they got run over, but they just, uh, they're favoring the, the dogs. I mean, I, I, I like it. I mean, you know, always, you know, getting points. Um, also, you look at the perspective is, uh, you know, Michigan's coming in on the up, right? You know, they beat Ohio State, they had the games, they got momentum there. Whereas, you know, Georgia is coming in off a pretty bad loss and, you know, riding pretty high. And then I think I also mentioned this, uh, this last week. The FCC's tough, but besides Bama, I mean, it wasn't super tough this year. Uh, LSU wasn't much. Um, I, you know, Auburn gave Alabama a fight. So their resume, they have a, you know, it's listed as a stronger straight to schedule, but I don't think it's that much stronger.
4: I uh, actually think, uh, and I've accused, well, they've been accused and I have not defended them, that there have been a couple years where the Irish, even though their their schedule, you know, going out always looks pretty good, there's been a couple years where those teams, haven't been that good, and they kind of were the great pretenders, even though they had a great record. Yeah. I, I'm wondering if Georgia isn't that team this year. I mean, they, tell you what, Auburn looked a hell of a lot tougher against Alabama than Georgia did, When not even
0: close. Yeah, yeah.
4: And, uh, Walk-on I mean,
0: quarterback, they also have a little bit of a quarterback controversy. Uh, you certainly don't want that, you know, that late in the season. While you know Michigan, they be going with Cade McNamara, who's shown massive improvement. But I tell you, this is JJ McCarthy, um, you know, has come in and you know Harbaugh's been playing them. You know, not not platooning, but um, definitely giving the freshman a chance to start. So for once, we got a little depth at quarterback.
4: Well, plus I think Alabama, even those guys have, and it showed. I think in the Auburn game, some. I think they've lost some depth. Sort of the COVID and transfers, and the ease with which you can transfer now—I think it's be harder for yeah, him. To you st- mes- yeah,
0: you mentioned that as well. Um, the thing, that, you know, I don't not sure that's played up on their depth chart. Uh, I tell you, when you look at those guys, you look at you know, it just looks like the NFL out there with you know the size of these linemen. Uh, but Bryce Young did win the Heisman Trophy. I just think you're you know, a freshman quarterback. I think that's what kinda helped us against Ohio State. CJ Stroud was a freshman quarterback. Although now they're saying that you know, more than half of the team had flu. So, you know, whatever. Crying wolf. I don't care, you know, what the circumstances were, we won. And um, you know, Michigan's got a powerful running game, you know, so you can control the clock, keep the ball away from the other team. They have three guys that Potentially can play on Sunday in the NFL, so you know I- I'm looking forward to it. I'm definitely looking
4: forward to it. Well, the, the Alabama, I think it's it's an if if the depth issues are are becoming a problem, well, not a problem, but a little a little more dominant than other places. Having a, having a three four weeks to prepare, though, those guys are going to be tough. I mean, everybody's going to be tough, but uh, the uh, it, 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 well okay. What do you think about the Fed? What the, what's what what can the, what's
0: Fed, the Fed do? Well, uh, what can the Fed do? Um, you know, I think everyone looks for these monumental, you know, statements and decisions and everything, and uh, the way I look at it is, uh, you know, how, you know, he braced the market uh, a couple of weeks ago when he got rid of the term transitory, so I think he's going to stick with that term. I think that, uh, you know, instead of ending the bond buying in June, they'll end of it ended in perhaps March. And then you get your first rate hike in uh, in uh, in June, and then you know you see what happens from there. Uh, I don't think he's gonna. Yeah, I don't think he's gonna pull the rug out from under the market right away. I, I think he's still, even though he said he abandoned the term transitory. I still think the Fed is trying to buy some time here and let crude oil come down. Let these supply chain shortages, you know, uh, work their way through. And also, you know, everyone's in a tizzy about raising interest rates. Well, where were we in the economic cycle before the pandemic? We had a very long, um, monetary, easy monetary policy. So you might have been at this point anyways without a pandemic, and the pandemic just creates a whole set of uh, of new circumstances. I would. That, agree. That's I, where I'm at on the fence.
4: I'm getting very uh, grumpy. No, use the term grumpy about. That. I'm looking at the bond market. I'm finally starting to listen to it. I should, I should have been for a while. Bond market's telling you these guys, it's all BS. They're not going to do anything. They're going to keep pouring money into the system. And you saw the, the, the the White House come out on Friday after the the consumer number was down from .9 to .8 and essentially declare victory. See, it's over. Gas is coming down. We're going to be okay. They're absolutely in denial on this. I don't think, I don't think they're going to cut back at all. At all? In a very little bit. Okay. Very little bit.
0: Okay. I, I'm with you. I mean, I, I don't, I, you know, like I said, you know, everyone's looking for these monumental changes. And uh, I think that just, you know, Tom got it, you know, he got his other term. He's just going to, I think he's just going to buy some time and, and see if things can work through. And either A, it's going to work out to be good, or you're going to get runaway rampant inflation. So there you go. That's, you know, one of two outcomes, Chief.
4: I think from politically. Uh, for the election coming up, the midterm, they would much rather have runaway inflation and blame it on something like COVID or supply chain than they would have the market go down. If those the are our never goes down, Chief. It will if they pull the money back. It absolutely
0: will. Uh, yeah. Now, But if, if you, you know, come on, Chief. I know you're an astute father of the, of the Fed and interest rates. Um, after the first cut, the market can go up for another six months to a year. I'm not talking about.
4: So, I'm talking about mean, first fight,
0: raise, first raise, first raise. The market well one can continue higher.
4: Well, first of all, three quarters of a point to one is like me peeing in Lake Michigan. I mean, if we're fighting inflation, <laughs> we're, if we're fighting inflation. We're talking about six percent or seven.
0: Yeah, I
4: mean, they're okay. not going to do that. All
0: right. No way. You would choke the economy and we would make our debt even more unsustainable than it currently is.
4: You are correct. All right, bud, take care of yourself. We'll talk to you next go week. Go, futures next. up. All right, go, boom. Now we're down 875. We came back to down only four. Now we're back down to 875. He if futures down 77. Be right back. Kenny Polkary
6: That's 708-349-3456, or visit my website at myhomesourcerealty.com. That's myhomesourcerealty.com.
5: Interested in promoting your business to a high-end audience comprised of entrepreneurs, traders, executives, and the everyday business person? Consider advertising on Stocks and Jocks. With a devout listenership covering the Chicago market, along with a vast online presence, advertising on Stocks and Jocks may be just what it takes to put your business over the top. For more information, contact me, Matt Weber, at Matt at Stocksandjocks.net. That's Matt at Stocks, jocks, and jocks. Stocks and jocks. You are out of
4: control here. Right now. Right here. Right now. Right now. Well, and welcome back and Jackson, Jackson. I'm Tom Matt Weber, of the board. SV Futures down 8, and SV Futures down 74. We have Mr. Kenny Polkieri. You do, you do.
3: How are you, sir? I'm
4: doing all right, buddy. How are you?
3: I'm good. It's a beautiful day here in South Florida. Couldn't be happier. Market's in a little bit of turmoil. The mainstream media wants you to believe it's all about the virus, which I think is, you know, hysterical, because there's this big elephant in the room. His name is Dumbo. It's not about the virus at all.
4: No, it's not. And, uh, <laughs> so here's a... Uh, now, would you, would you say I'm going over the top here when I, uh, cause you and I once in a while, uh, Kenny, wander off into changes in morality over time. Well, I'm not so sure there were changes, but they, uh, were being masked. Now, here's a rogue's gallery if there ever was one. Ricketts, Wurtz, Reinsdorf. Those are the three or- sports owners from the city here. Make the case to Chicago Alderman to allow in-stadium sports betting. Does that, does that? All of a sudden, you got chill? children. You imagine having a bunch of people betting on the outcome of the next play.
3: So <laughs> well, I think it's out of control, but I guess it's some way of trying to try to. Because there's got to be some benefit to the city for doing that, right? If they want to allow that to happen, whether it's whether it's take on the winnings, and whether it's some taxes they're going to charge everybody, whatever it is, it's just another way for them to try to figure out how to raise money in a city that desperately needs it. Um.
4: I guess that's the job of a, of a politician, instead of doing something worthwhile, is to conti- figure out unique ways to get money out of your people.
3: I, I, yeah. <laughs> I hear you.
4: I, I think it's easy. I think we know what everybody has to do. We just, just put a, a, a bathroom tax on the whole place.
3: Right. Right.
4: I mean, we. You know, <laughs> what, uh,
3: instead of one tax or another, we're going to hear about all kinds of new taxes... If, uh, if you know if they don't get what they want, they can't pass this bill. cut it is going to be okay. There'll be no bill, but there'll I'll be there'll be all kinds of new taxes to uh, to start to fund it, right? So that it is fully in tax paid for versus not. What
4: What do you think that they're uh, the actual the, the total the the consummate politician? Do they think they can get more than one hundred percent out of you, or what? <laughs>
3: Well, the rate they are going, I think they think they can get more than one hundred percent out of you. You know what I mean? You'll you'll take out a, an IOU, right? So they'll take one hundred percent and then some.
4: Well, plus they must they I mean, in their heart of hearts, though they also think you are hiding it from them. So if it's over one hundred, it just proves if you are still living. After they take one hundred, that you were cheating all along.
3: Right, right. which is why I mean, I am not. Are they still talking about the six hundred dollars transaction in everyone's account that they're going to look at anything over six hundred bucks? Or did that die at natural? I, that
4: that 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 died a natural death. But anyway. I, I got a question for you on that i mean my even uh even lou who's fairly you know conspiratorial i i, I never did you, i just thought when when well first of all to, i gotta tell the whole story when i when i had my dog scruff uh i used to meet all, all the people in the neighborhood well one lady uh t- tell you about you never always I never, never want to judge anybody uh kenny she looks like just a regular you know middle-aged lady it turns out she was a A big time kayaker on the river. You would never have guessed by looking at her. And her little dog, Puck, got along with Scruff pretty well. So we got, she was a a person who put, uh, helped banks develop the systems for telling people, you know, for, for reporting on cash transactions and any kind of anything like that, right? So I said to her, so what, everything under, if it's, if it's, what was it, 10 grand or 11 grand? She goes, you're not that naive. If you, if you take 50 bucks out of there, people know about it. I mean, you know, So, so the idea that that somehow all this information was going to the government and never made it to the IRS, I never believed in the first place. Now, but Lou and other people say no. The IRS always has had; they never had access to other stuff. The government did it, and and he's way more anti-government than I am. I, I just never believed there really was the Chinese wall there, as they used to call it in our business. I- you know, did you?
3: I I never believe there's a Chinese wall there, and if anybody thinks there's a Chinese wall wall there, I think you know they need to have the head examined because I don't think there is at all. Uh, you know, and and now as uh, the technology gets even more sophisticated, there's even less of a Chinese wall, right? Good. They know everything you do. They know every time you change the channel on your television. They know you know every place you go look on on online or wherever when you go shopping. They're following you everywhere you go. So for anybody to think that it's not happening uh, is, is delusional.
4: Well, I think what that, that piece of the bill was, that, that you would, that, that, that those numbers, anything over 600 would be shared with the IRS. But I think right. what Lou claims now, that, that the IRS actually has to subpoena, you know, whoever, the, the Fed or whoever is gathering up the other information, that, that, that they, they can't just walk in and say, give me every cash mm-hmm. transaction that, that Ken Polkary does.
3: Well, I, I, I think that's what they want you to believe, but the way it sounded to me when they were, when they were, when they were talking about that bill was, you know, every, every transaction over $600 in anyone's account in the country was going to be reported, you know, it was going to be held in this database that was going to be easily accessible. No one said anything about them having a subpoena. It felt like, at least it felt like, that there you go. Just, you know, pull down your pants and show them everything, you, every transaction you have over $600. Well, why, why,
4: don't, why don't people just use more cash? I don't I don't, I don't, get it. Well,
3: well, you know, maybe they will, but you know what's really interesting? There are some places now that don't even accept cash anymore. Only debit cards are only credit cards, no cash, right? They're not interested in having cash in their in their registers. They don't want to get held up. Somebody breaks in, sticks a gun in their
0: face, and so, look, we don't want any cash. We don't accept cash. There's no cash here. And I think they want. I think that's you know by design as well because then it's easier to follow the transaction, right? You certainly can't follow with cash, but you can follow it every time you whip your debit card out
3: and you go buy a cup of coffee or you go to the store and you buy whatever it is you buy.
4: Right. What are, what are, what are young CBS people got
3: Right. They ask you every time you go into CVS to buy something, you got to give them your little CVS card there that's got the little the UPC code on it. So you, you flash it in front just in case there's any any uh, uh, sale prices. You're going to get the sale price. But in fact, what CVS knows is every single thing you bought. Right. Right. So whether it's Q-tips or whether it's diapers. Uh whatever, they know every single thing you bought. So then you wonder well who else knows every single
4: thing I bought. Well, you know, it's uh somewhat interesting that uh that that actually saved our ass one day, believe it or not, them people know them people knowing everything. City of Chicago is so screwed up, uh Kenny. PTI securities, we have you know, we have a half a floor. We got, you know, people at work here and we do a nice job, I think. Uh yep. we and when I used to well, once a week I would go to the, well, I don't care, everybody knows, I would go to the chiropractor, right? And on the way back, I would stop at the Sam's Club and I would buy, uh you know, some, you know, we had seminars, so I'd buy pop and coffee and all that stuff and water for people on Saturday, right. and, you know, and then, I know, uh, you know, when we actually were going to have one, I'd go out, and I'd buy the donuts and all that stuff, because we wanted to make, hey, if you're people coming over to your place, you want them to feel good, and that type of thing, and hey, on a Saturday morning, have a nice donut, or whatever they're going to get, and make sure we got the good stuff, because, I mean, you know, our the people deserve right. it, and uh so I did all the shopping, kind of, there's a, there's a, a, a Sam's Club, right on the way home, it's, it's like a mile outside the city, it's in Hodgkin's, I don't, right. I, I never, Put two and two together. It's, it's Cook County. I and mean, What's the big deal? All of a sudden this, Ms. mope shows up. I do mean mope shows up in the city and he wants to see all our receipts, how we were buying our stuff out of the city and screwing the city on sales tax huh. on purpose. And there's like a big unbelievable. Isn't it? And so the good news is, is if you stop at Sam's Club and you show your card, everything you buy is on the list, which part of me says, <laughs> I don't want them to know, right? But even if you pay cash, obviously, since you have to show your card to get out, they they know everything. So you can't even you know you do the cash right, thing. Can't even play. So it turns out because almost all the stuff I bought was food for seminars, and we did buy a couple of computers, but it was mostly food for seminars and stuff. They don't count food, so we we came within like twelve bucks of not having to pay like this huge fine. <laughs>
3: for for wait, buying- wait, let me ask you wait. a question: Why does it make a difference? I understand. From their point of view you're buying outside of the city so you avoid paying the city tax But since when can they force you to buy something inside the city limits so that they get the tax I don't well first of all
4: the, i was I, I was just as I, I I could guess I could understand if if I ran over to Indiana, if the if the sales tax was six percent instead of eleven and, and and bought all my stuff over there or if i if I bought our you know if we bought a new office and bought you know forty computers for people. From out of state on, you know, on Amazon and didn't pay the tax. I, I get that. But we're, we're talking about no. You were, you went outside the city into the, and still in the county and still in the state and they were going to come after us.
3: Yeah, but, but can I ask you a question? That's not illegal to go buy equipment
0: somewhere outside the city limits unless it is and I missed that memo.
4: Well, it, it actually is if, if, if you got it shipped in from Indiana and don't pay it there either. Yeah, that's what the one guy went to jail for. You, in other words, you, you can't, you, you can't go to New Jersey, buy your suits and, and ship them to your apartment in New York and not pay tax. But I'm saying, I never thought it was a city county split. I thought it was a state by state split. Yeah, that they would I hear you. that they would get down to that nitty gritty detail because the city's right, like two percent. Right. right. Anyways, what do you think of the market? What do you think of the Fed?
3: So, listen, here's what I think. I think the market is uh, uh, on the verge of real nervousness. I don't think it's going to of it on the crumb. I think the Fed is behind the eight ball. I think that's going to become more evident today when you get the PPI number. I, I was on Larry Kudlow's radio talk show on, on Saturday with Stephanie Link, and Larry said that he thinks the Fed is so far behind the eight ball that they're going to make this announcement that rates are going to actually start to rise in January, which is, you know, two weeks away. That is at least four or five months ahead of what the market expects. And when he said that, I was almost flooded. Larry, I haven't heard anybody suggest January as a start date. He goes, "Yeah, well, you're going to hear about it. Suddenly, you're going to start to hear about a lot more people starting to talk about a much earlier rate rise than what the market expects, and that's going to cause some turbulence in the market, for sure. But look, that doesn't necessarily mean that you throw everything out again." the turbulence the market wants clarity right the market can deal with good news and bad news it just wants to know once it knows, it will adjust in price and then investors are once again able to uh, create that portfolio it doesn't mean you shouldn't buy some downside protection I think you should right there's no reason to sell Apple just because the market's under under stress why would you sell your Apple I'm not selling my Apple but I would buy protection for my broader portfolio just in case the, the market sells off I want to have some you know I want to blunt some of the some of the downside, and then I'll use the weakness to, you know, to, um, to add to the core names that I have that I bought for a reason. The thesis is, is what it is. I bought it for that reason. It hasn't changed. There's no reason to panic. But I do think that investors should be prepared for certainly turbulence ahead. And if today's report is hotter than expected, if today's report comes out with a 10 handle on it, then you really better be prepared because then I think Larry's right. They're going to have to really start talking about, uh, heights well before. April
4: or May, sure. um, I'm going to say that if 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 Larry, first of all, a lot of times I like Larry. Sometimes I'm you know some of his stuff I'm right. aware about. But he uh, if he thinks these guys actually want to fight this, he's absolutely correct. They're behind the times, and they better start real fast. I don't think yep. I don't think they're going to do that. I, I, the markets telling me the, the bond markets telling me they're not going to do anything. That they're the, well,
3: you know, the bond market's funny. Because don't forget, the Fed is still out there buying a ton of stuff. That's yet, my right? point. And I think it's going to become more obvious if they double the pace of tapering and they're done by the end of February. Then suddenly, there's not going to be that buyer of last resort in the bond market, and who's going to be standing there buying in line? Going to be bidding for for prices in line when they know the Fed's not there any longer. That's where I think you're going to see, you know, buyers pull back, so the prices of the bonds are going to drop, and that's when you're going to see the bond market collapse and yields are going to spike. That's what I think
0: is going to
4: happen. Well, you we got a dash, Kenny, kind but of. I'm going to say that. Uh, the TLT is 150. Um, if, yeah. the, if the Fed wasn't there, I'm going to say Kenny Polcari isn't even 120-bit, because I'm not.
3: Exactly. And so then what yeah. happens to yield?
4: Uh, it goes way up. And I think your apple is a little yeah. overpriced if it goes uh, way up. But
3: And then if yields go way up and they go up that quick, what happens to stocks? At least the initial reaction of stocks. Oh, right? If may on. ultimately find its, it's key, yeah. but it's not going to find that key until after it has a, a, a readjustment
4: a couple of years but all right take care of yourself enjoy your weather uh and we, we can't wait for your christmas recipes as every year we'll be right back mr jeff joseph
2: 8810 or search us on the web at CognosHR.com. Cognos HR, innovation and human resources. Licensed in Illinois and Arizona.
6: Hear ye, hear ye, the Homer
1: Broadcasting System is on the air. Stocks, jocks, and stocks and
4: jocks. You are out of control. Right here, right now, right here, right now,
0: right now.
4: There's something happening here. Hello, welcome Station Jackson. I'm Tomow. Exactly <laughs> Mr. Mr. Weber of the board. SB Futures down 9, Nasdaq Futures down 81. We have Mr. Jeff Joseph. I'm sitting here chuckling to myself here, Jeff. Not because you're coming on, that's a great thing, but I'm, I'm just, I'm, I'm pondering this. Ricketts, uh, Reinsdorf, and uh, Works heading over to the Alderman and talking about Stadium betting, and all of a sudden, I am thinking about how this how this might play out, and I am laughing to myself here. I just, I can't even, I can't even do <laughs> imagine what's going to go on here. I am thinking, remember uh, when you went to the racetrack back in D-Day? You went down, and they all everybody had their machines where you put your bets down, and as soon as the the uh, the bell went off that the horses left the gate, everything had freeze right, so you had to cut yeah. off. But you had you know nine ten races a day, so this wasn't that big of a deal. So I'm thinking now every single pitch, now are we gonna, are we gonna cut it off when the, when they show the sign? So you know the sign of the pitch before you can bet on the next pitch? Or is it when the pitcher goes into his wife? Somebody is gonna have to put his hand up or do something, but all of a sudden the betting on the next pitch is gonna have to be cut off. When are we gonna do that? Are we do that every single pitch? How long are these games
3: gonna last? <laughs> well, you know, it is done, uh, first of all, good morning, Chief. How are you? All, all good, but, um, you know, real-time uh inline betting in baseball does occur right now online. It's just not in the, uh, you know, it's not on premise at the park, but it doesn't really change the game in terms of the, it, it doesn't really delay that. They just flick a switch, cut it on, and cut it off. Um, but to your point, you know, baseball's already played by the fact that these games are too long anyway. Not consistent with uh, the ADD of a younger generation that's just losing interest in, in sports in general. But, but I don't think, I think on a net basis in terms of trying to make the game, you know, add more appeal, it's probably a net positive. You know, I don't think it will delay the game in any way, any material way anyway.
5: Um, I do think it's funny imagining those three, you know, billionaires, like, walking into a room together. I mean, are they actually, are they actually walking into the alderman's office I, together, like I, the headline suggests?
4: Because that's,
5: that's hysterical.
4: Yeah, I'm not a... I,
3: yeah, I'd like to
5: see them walking in to see Pritzker, too, right?
4: <laughs> Boy, you gotta count yeah. your fingers shaking the hands of that group.
5: And, and who yeah. pay, who pays for the Uber? Is it Reinsdorf, or, uh, you know, as you'll... <laughs>
4: Well, if it's lunch, you can only imagine those three guys scrambling away from the check. <laughs> <laughs> It'd be like with some of Manny's uh, buddies at the it. Triple E like, we,
5: we've, oh.
3: we've talked about this before, though. Baseball needs a jolt, and, and maybe, you know, maybe that's it. Maybe, maybe all it needs is was a bunch of degenerate gamblers that, you know, are hanging on every pitch.
5: It worked for the NFL over the last 30 years. That's how they got such a big advantage, I think, is they embraced gambling before the other sports did with fantasy and everything else. And uh, I agree. It, it gave them a huge head start in front of all the other sports.
3: I agree. And we're working on um, our annual prediction issue right now over the Workbox. Uh, we, we send that off to the printer on Friday. And as a sneak preview, uh, one of my predictions, which did really well last year, for whatever it is, um, is that Penn National Gaming will uh, go up at least 50% this year. I think it's a great buy right here. Um, you know, for. For gambling and other reasons, you know, gambling's going to be the, the next cannabis. Uh, it already is. I can say that between the consolidation and gambling oriented media, you know, we also predicted the ESPN spinoff from Disney, uh, as its own IPO. And I, I think, um, there's a lot to watch in that market coming forward.
4: Well, Jeff, how do you, uh, how do you contrast, um, what you just said with, I'm, I'm, how can I say this? Uh, cause I think you, you, you know, you have certainly a very good chance of being right. But if you look at the history of it, it's, uh, I mean, I, I'm gonna go s- just straight numbers. By the way, before I say this, I mean, I love to gamble. I used to go to Vegas four nights a year before, four times a year before I, you know, became a trader and, and you can say that if, uh, if somebody likes to gamble, I can still gamble. You know, I just, I did you know, I don't for my clients, but I could. Some people want me to, but, uh, uh, you know, to, to, uh, to take individual shots on stocks and things like that if I think they're going up or down. Or if I think the volatility is right, uh, or something, they, they want me to go ahead and trade. I mean, uh, we don't, you know, you win some, you lose some. We get that part. But I, I get the feeling, Jeff, that every, every time, and I do this because this is the fourth time in my lifetime that gambling is going to save our ass, right? And it hasn't sure. before either. I mean, the lottery was going to save the place. Then off-track betting was going to save the place. Then the casinos are going to save, when I say the place, the state. And now it's sports gambling. And you know what? None of them will. I, 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 I get this feeling that as you go, I mean, obviously, sports betting was, was, was basically horse racing when I was growing up, alright? And yet, you had 20,000 people every night at Sportsman's Park. And if you went in a barbershop, shop, somebody's going to track, you got a bet down. You, you found a way to do it, okay? Now it wasn't as convenient, it wasn't as nice. But you found a way to do it, and there was a certain part of society that loved to gamble and bet all right so it became more convenient with off track betting, so you could go there and have to go to the track so Then you got my aunt and uncle hanging around at the off track betting place because they love to gamble four days a week instead of at the track so now your your, your group at the track went from twenty thousand to five thousand, and you got you know ten thousand people running around downtown. With the, used to of three off-track betting parlors down here, putting bets on during the trading day and blah blah blah, then all of a sudden you ended up with more more sports betting across the, the rest. Of, and then you hit casinos. Okay, I don't have to do that. I go to the casino. I don't have to go to Vegas anymore. But every time you go, you steal from the guy behind you. So now we don't even have any sports you no know, guys because those are those are our crooks or our you know the people that are paying us. So now it's it's going to be sports betting at the Cub game. It's but you, do, do you ever really get over? The lotto plus, do you ever really get over the amount of money that you're going to end up being waged by people? And, oh, by the way, do you want to? Because it's just another tax. I mean, Do you really want, you know, the entire inner city community spending 25 hours a day on lottery? I guess you do if you're the governor. But, I mean, I I guess I'm saying, when you look at all in total, when do you ever really gain? And if you do, it's just another tax. It's
3: always been a regressive tax. You know, there's there's no question that, you know, gambling is one of the more aggressive taxes, particularly the lottery, because it's not, you know, it's not gambling in a casino sense. The odds are, you know, heavily skewed. There's a heavy tax on on lottery in terms of what the payout is relative to the money taken in, and it's always impacted, you know, at-risk communities and more than, you know, more than being a progressive tax structure. So that's always been the case. And it's funny that, um, you know, it, it, going back to your original premise that it's, it's always supposed to be the holy grail of, uh, of revenue that's going to save us, you know, whether it be, you know, we've seen the same thing with cannabis too. Yeah. You know, cannabis. And, and now look at, you know, Illinois having a record year in cannabis sales and, and it's not going to impact anything. It's not going to change Illinois' bond rating. It's not going to change the pension outlook. So you have to continue to wonder with all this gambling and cannabis revenues. And the taxes that they basically, you know, uh, represent, you, you can see, you, then they add that into inflation, right? And, and, and shadow inflation as the numbers that we think inflation actually represents as, as we speak to you so often on this show. And you wonder, you know, you wonder why people are working two or three jobs, you know, you, you wonder why, why the economy is, you know, not in a, a hyper growth mode. And then, and here, and then throw this on top of it. You'll get a kick out of this. Uh, it's something that I saved, you know, because we've done a lot of issues on gambling over at Luckbox, and we're always watching this market. So, here's an interesting little, uh, not frequently reported fact: as more people gamble, gamble, we're really getting pretty bad at it too. Uh, this year already, at, at you know, at December 15, represents the most money ever won in a single year. By casinos, we're already over $44 billion because they've, you know, investors, uh, have lost more, or or gamblers have lost more money in casinos than they ever have, have before. So, not only is there more of it, we're we're getting worse at it too. This represents, uh, you know, the largest losing year ever on record, according to the American Gaming Association.
0: Why
4: is that, that not, uh, well, when, when we actually studied some of this a little bit, boy, I wish I still had my notes, uh, Jeff, because I think it would help you in your in your in your stuff. I might look if I ever clean my place out. Um, I, what you, I think what you see is, uh you know, regular. How, how can I put it this way? I'm going to say that if you and I went to Vegas, and I'm pretty rusty at this, but I would play some blackjack, and I, you know, was a was a, I'll say a half fast card counter, half-assed enough where I could I could at least stay in the fray you know to where my I was about a 50-50 chance I mean if I because uh, blackjack you got if you play just a basic strategy you're close to 50-50 anyway and I, I I maybe got myself to 50 I was never to the point where I was you know focused in on them I mean if a good looking cocktail waitress would buy put it this way I lost it my attention shifted should we say uh, because I was there to have a good time too I wasn't just there to be a, it wasn't my job and if and if you sit there card count for eight hours it's your job I mean, it's it's not it's not easy. Or if you and I are going to go on the crap table, I'm going to say that win or lose, you and I are going to be on the pass line, bet behind the line, the come line, that kind of thing. We're not going to be yeah. the gimmick bets. As, yeah. as, no, time, no, no, no. as time has gone by, I was I was stunned. The uh, Vegas lost that, all that money to one day when the entire every favorite won for the first time ever. It's like I won a one in bazillion chance. Well, yeah. I mean, if you go and you and I go bet the Bears or an over under. We're, the odds are only eleven to ten. Which over a long period of time is, is pretty darn good for the casinos. But on the on the gimmick bets and the the parlay cards, it's gotta be the odds gotta be uh what? One one and five we win? I mean, it's, I mean it can't be even close. I mean if, what so what is what if, I'm gonna say uh, Maddie would probably know this. If we bet yeah, five Yeah,
3: this th- parlay is thirteen to five, so you know, the the odds are really
4: you. But I mean if we bet five five Teams on a parlay card, uh, so the, the the odds of that are what? It's f- one in four, one in eight, one in sixteen, one in thirty, one in what's sixteen times sixteen? Uh, shit, I don't even know. But uh, I mean, it, but I'm saying what it's going to pay what? Thirty to one. It should be paying one hundred and fifty to one, right, or something yeah. along those lines. So the gimmick bets. I think the, the the newer gamblers, maybe they're too lazy, or maybe I don't know why, but they're not going to stick with the straight bets. Right? So you go to the crap table, but you can screw yourself if you want. You, you could go way away from 50%. You could probably get down to 40 or 35%. Field bets aren't bad. We start doing hard 12s that aren't, that aren't, you know, if it's not your point. You bet behind the line instead of front of the line. I, I, I think you know this. I don't know if the listeners don't. I, I'll explain it someday. But if, if, uh, I'll, I'll go easy, uh, Jeff. The only, you, what's the only even money bet in Vegas? Pass line. Uh, behind the, uh, betting behind the line.
3: Yeah.
4: Uh, for what, for those that don't understand, if you, if you put ten bucks on the, on the pass line and a, and a number comes out, an eight. Okay, now eight is your point versus seven you lose. Well, there's six sevens and five eights, correct? So if, yeah. if you put money behind the line, the odds are six to five, which is exactly 50-50. It's the only even money bet in Vegas. But if you just decide that you want to bet on an eight, Without that being your point, then you got to go above the line, right? And above the line, it pays instead of six to five. It pays what seven to six. Yeah. So now your your bet is 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 worse. And there's other bets. I mean, a hard twelve is probably nowhere near fifty fifty, right? Like that kind yep. of stuff. A hard hard four. Right? So you you can gimmick bet even on the on a, but a gimmick bet. And I think long story short, don't tell it, right, Jeff. Uh, I think what's happening is the newer gambler is. Don't know the ads and they, and they play all these gimmick bets. And that's why these places are doing better. That's one man's opinion.
3: Well, that probably makes sense. You know, I mean, that, that makes, you know, I, I could see that being the case. But, but that, and, but that's not, uh, something, a message that's lost on any casino or on any billionaire trying to, you know, grab his chair of Illinois's, uh, uh, razor, right. you know. Um, I mean, that, there's, it's it's a lucrative business and, and always has been, and it's a really growing sector. You know, obviously there's been a lot of attention in the, the cannabis sector and and the pharmaceutical sector. You know, in recent years, and certainly technology. But um, but gambling, you know, looking at draft games, looking at Penn National Gaming, looking at gambling media. These are you know, states continue to struggle for revenue and, and they continue to have their pension problems and one out of tax base uh, with this;
4: it's the next source of revenue. Jeff, are we so able to find the
3: Yeah, it, it, it would, the good thing about this sector, from an investor standpoint, is it's a really interesting hedge in a lot of ways. To, Jeff, were
4: you, uh, you 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 obviously have uh, resources? Were you able to find the number of the of the video poker games and stuff there in restaurant? Because the state's the casino there; they're not in the. Wh- where's that? Where's that number? Is it hidden somewhere? Can you get it?
3: I don't I, I don't, I don't, I don't know the number, but,
4: um, you know, that's
3: why every state's kind of buying for those revenues. That's,
4: that's it. Well, I mean, because there's no, they, they could have put, like, if, if we go to the Peppies out where Audrey Nagel once in a while in Orlando, there's five video poker game, things in there. Now, they, you would think, and this is what I'm saying, is there's been this creep between the, the casino, the, uh, uh, off track betting, they wouldn't let any of these video pokers or slots in, in the racetracks, which essentially eviscerated the racetracks, right? They didn't, they couldn't yeah. even have the same thing as a regular restaurant. But that, those five machines at Pepe's don't feed into the casino in Joliet. I think they feed right to the state. So the state is essentially the casino for those things. It's not Pepe's. I mean, they're not paying out 5,000 bucks should somebody win. I think those go right to the state and Pepe's gets a fee for how much goes in there. They get a cut. But, so I don't, is, is that number anyway? I bet those guys took a massive hit with all these places closed that are now starting to do probably a lot better in the last few months. Cause how yeah. could you, how could you play in Peppies if you couldn't walk in the Peppies? Right. So I mean that, I wonder, I wonder what the state's number is. I bet it's really growing in the last six months. I don't no, that, I know that, uh, Las
3: Vegas is, um, is on fire right now. They're having, what it appears uh, the last thing I heard I think is they, they were set to have one of their best years in ten years in the last ten years. So they've really um and and, and it's not just on casino you know, if Vegas is starting to fight quotes way back um in terms of gaming uh, gambling revenues outside of the casinos. You know, New Jersey had kind of taken over um and and was leaving Vegas now uh, for two consecutive years, but it looks like Vegas is coming back and being competitive against, competitive against the Jersey now.
4: Well, did you see that MGM oh, this yeah, morning bought the uh, Mirage yeah, for a billion bucks?
3: Yeah, it's, it's definitely
4: a sector to watch. Yeah, I don't know if you saw that that the uh, MGM re- uh, bought the Mirage Hotel uh, and Casino for a billion a billion zero eight this morning. Yep.
3: Yeah, yep. Yeah.
4: The Mirage is a nice place, but they, uh, they're, they're, they're just, they're a standalone place though, right? Pretty much?
3: I believe so. I believe the Mirage is standalone.
4: Yeah. Boy, it, there were interesting stories in that place was being built, uh, Jeff. The, uh, Steve Wynn thought he was going blind and he wanted the place done when he, I'm going to say the Mirage was the first place in Vegas that was built from the ground up As an incredible place. All the other places had been open, like, and then they'd add on, after they'd make money for five years, they'd add a tower, then another tower, that kind of like Caesars. Mirage was the first one, I think it was built just right up to where you, what you see today is is what opened. And, uh, he took an incredible risk by doing that, because nobody else had ever done that. And, uh, I was out there when they were building it, uh, Jeff, and you, you never saw so many workmen on a place in your life. And one of my buddies, they represented one of the unions out there. He said, oh, yeah, he wants that thing done while he can still see it because he thought he was going blind. And he was, they were pouring a floor a week, which is really something, right? Uh, yep. And uh, they opened that thing in record time, and the people in Vegas were stunned because going into it, he knew his nut was a million dollars a day. And they said nobody's ever had a nut like that to where – I and mean, even Caesars, because you built them like one at a time and sort of paid for them cash, and if you borrowed some money, you borrowed it from the Union Pension Fund. And, uh, so no, nobody had that kind of, they said, how the hell is anybody going to gross a million dollars a day starting out? But they did. <laughs> it was, it was, it was an amazing reach, and, and it turned out to be, his timing was perfect, and, you know, he didn't, he didn't open up during a recession or anything like that, and he was off to the races, basically, and then he sold it, uh, he sold the whole operation, that and the Treasure Island and the other stuff. What
5: year was the Mirage open? 89, I believe. Okay.
4: Somewhere because in I've,
5: I've, I Because I used to go to Vegas several times a year, and then I haven't since COVID. But uh, I feel like I've stayed at the Mirage and the Mandalay Bay probably more than any of the other hotels I've stayed at, for whatever reason. I'm just there all the time. And it's still, the Mirage, for being 30 years old, is still a pretty great hotel.
4: Yeah. It's yeah.
5: still very clean. Uh, they have a good sports book. They have some good restaurants in there. Uh, it's, uh, it's, it, you know, it doesn't feel like it's a 30 year old hotel because some of those places feel very dated when you go. Yeah. Well,
4: if
3: you. Well, he was, uh, Wooden was always really hands on. I mean, he was, you know, and, you know, and, I mean, he's worth six billion, has four casinos. His operations in the car are, are huge, you know. So, it, so very successful operator. I like the story about when he brought that the hospital, uh, for about 30 or 50 million. And he had arranged to sell it to hedge fund, hedge fund guy Steve Cohen for about 130 million. So he's going to make a huge profit on it. And because of his uh, degenerative eye disease, he accidentally bumped into it with his elbows through the canvas.
4: Wow. (laughs) Oh my
3: God. (laughs) Yeah, which was subsequently repaired. I'm not sure how that, how that played out, but it was the same day he was actually going to sell that uh, painting to Stephen Cohen. Wow.
4: He he never did, he never did go blind, I don't think. I mean, medical science, I think, kept up with him where he could at least see something.
3: Yeah, and it did get him out of, you know, he had some sexual harassment uh, lawsuits. You know, it said, said one of his dancers that he was leering at her, you know, made her feel uncomfortable. But he had a pretty good, damn good excuse. At that point, uh, his eyesight was the worst it ever was. He couldn't see anything, so... <laughs> so a well,
4: let's say Jeff if you contrast the amount of cars there in the parking lot of workers on that place with the amount of cars working on the burn interchange it's quite a difference <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I mean, I mean yeah. I, I'm going to say there were, there were 400 cars out there Jeff. You, 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 I don't know how they got all those people all that coordinated but he did uh, but I mean you know, the, but I'm just saying that there's there's somewhat of a limit to this gambling and I think you're just shoving the money around but oh. No, no, what's your view since you're obviously writing this stuff if the casinos it, there, there was a 40 billion dollars that they they made on the gambling or it was it has to be what they made it can't be to handle and so they made that how much of that filters down to the state there's there, the, the state doesn't get any cut of that they get the normal five percent well there's fees for the licenses for the the businesses correct uh, and then there's, they get the five percent income tax that anybody else pays, right? So I mean, uh, how much of that actually filters down to the state? Not that much. Not,
3: not like the lottery. You no, know, I I don't know. Uh, that's actually that's actually a good good question. I wonder if there's a, a distinct state gambling tax associated with gambling revenues for businesses. I don't see how there would be. I think it, as you said, it's just a of it just taxes corporate
2: revenue, right? Well, if
4: you've um, been reading about the city, that's the reason why they're having trouble opening up this casino here. The city wants right. so so much in terms of licenses and fees for the business itself that they, anybody who's looking at those numbers saying we can't make any money. So they want like you know a million dollars a month for the license or something. So the guys are saying, well, that's that's fine. You get yours, but where's ours? I still don't think it's part of the gambling. It's part of, you know, the fee for opening the place in the city limits. So I think that's, that's what this, that's how the city's going after it. And that's why they, that's why not everybody's falling all over it. They're like, I don't want it at that price. So I mean, I mean, yeah, I guess what I'm saying, Jeff, is there's there's only so much that goes around. And I don't, how much, you know, I mean, the, 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 the Joseph family, if you guys enjoy gambling, you're a rational guy. What, what's the most of your salary you're going to gamble on? Five, per, I, mean, I I was, you know, I was before I was in the trading floor, but I was working. I, I had dough. I would bring, this is 1978. I would bring, this is before you had, you know, cash machines and stuff. I would bring two grand with me to Vegas. That was it. And, uh, which was, you know, I thought a lot of money at the time. And if I had a really bad trip and I lost, I was down 600. I wouldn't gamble anymore. I got tired of playing. It. I want to lose. And sometimes I'd win, but basically, that, but w- you went to Vegas. There always was, Jeff. Even when you went there, they, they had the purest system. You flew in on a Thursday and you flew out on a Sunday. And, and you and if you left, you know, you lost the dough you came with, you couldn't lose anymore because there was no, uh, no cash stations, right? So that was it. And even then, though, you'd, you'd go buy gas and you go in the gas station. There's a the nickel slot machines and you see people that had like no money paying the nickel slap machine. There's always, you know, shall we say the uh the after effects. There's always we love our alcohol tax, but oh by the way, what are we going with all the alcoholics and when there's their cost to society. Do you ever do you ever get a a list of how much the, the state supposedly spends on on gamblers that are over the top and how many families have broken up? You never get those numbers, do
3: you?
4: No. So anyway it's yeah it's okay.
3: it's
4: a, it's an area I actually love But I, I don't think we ever get the whole story, do we? And that's what you guys are trying to write. So when we come back, tell us what you, what you found, if you don't mind. SP is now down fifteen. We keep sleep slipping here in the last couple days. Uh, Nasdaq down one hundred eight. Be right back, stacks and jacks. Hello, this is Tom Howe, the chief. Well, now it looks like MAM interest rates are moving more towards historical levels. Everyone needs to be aware of what that continued movement might do to your portfolio, both good and bad. We also have a stock market that seems to have stalled, at least for the short term. I think it's time for everyone to take a serious look at their goals, their risks, and their portfolios. Do they match? If not, we can help. We have a signature protected index program. We have ways to hedge against interest risk. We can make that portfolio right for you again. Go to ptisecurities.com or call us right now. The market can change very rapidly. That's ptisecurities.com.
1: How much confidence do you have that your investments will make you wealthy? Do you truly know the odds? Welcome to Luckbox. The control freaks guide to life, money, and probability. Luckbox shows you how to gauge the likelihood of success before you commit to an investment or any other decision. And Luckbox is free for one year at luckboxmagazine.com slash jocks. Each new issue dives deep into the current investing climate, separates the signal from the noise with relevant trade ideas, and equips you with cutting-edge tactics you don't already know.
6: 3456 that's 708 349 3456 or visit my website at myhomesourcerealty.com that's myhomesourcerealty.com Stocks
4: Jocks Sorry, jar. Stocks and
6: Jocks You are out of control Right, here. right now Right
0: here Right now Right now
4: I'm and Ruffacks Tyson Jackson. I'm Olley, He's just my web on the board. Can't wait to get back to Jeff here, but I gotta run through this first because I have some serious questions. Jeff, get ready, bud, because these wholesale price numbers are 0.8% when they're supposed to be 0.5, which puts a 9.6 increase since last year, fastest pace on record. Uh, and yet we have pretty good reaction in the in the stock futures. We have zero reaction in the bond futures. And we're going to find out from Jeff just why the hell that is because it's it's perplexing the hell out of me. I'll tell you that. Anyway, SP futures now down twenty three as p futures down one hundred and fifty. Uh, future futures still only down seven or nine, well, depending on a, they're now down seven. But the Dow still still there's a couple stacks that are up in the Dow. Um, over in Europe, we've got again. I'm on a little bit of a delay here in Europe. We got the DAX down fifteen point one percent. Probably down a little bit more than that. What's he up thirty point four percent? around down nine. Over in Asia, we've got the Nikkei down 207. That's 0.7%. Shanghai down 19.5%. Hang Seng down 318. That's a full 1.3%. Again, some of that is catch up from our yesterday, which if you weren't watching, the Dow was down 320. SP and p down 43. NASDAQ down 217. And the S&P was down 43 after being up 20 during the show. So it was a 60-point turnaround, which is a lot. Uh, bonds. Again, they're unchanged, which, with this number, which is bizarre. The Bund of up 132nd to 0. 0. 0.37 negative. Uh, Japan down, uh, is unchanged, a uh, 5.05. Uh, and we've got oil, uh, down 49 cents, now was up earlier to 70.80. Brent down 58 cents, 73.81. Natural gas down 6 cents, 372. We've got gold down eight bucks again, and a huge inflation number which it does not figure, but it's that's where it is. Silver down four cents, twenty two twenty five. Copper up a penny, four thirty. And we've got Bitcoin, which was down, is now up six hundred bucks, forty seven thousand two thirty one. Matty, we got for us traffic, weather, sports.
5: Thirty six minutes past the hour. Good morning, once again to everyone out there. Still off to a pretty good start here on a Tuesday morning. We're seeing traffic building on the Edens and Kennedy, but no accidents to report. Same for the Eisenhower and Stevenson. Southside Expressways are looking good. Only crash in the area was on the outbound Reagan Memorial, that's I-88, way out in the western suburbs just before Deal Road. Uh, There was an earlier crash. Apparently that crash has just uh, been cleared, but there's some resulting congestion on both sides of I-88. Uh, due to that uh, crash that was just cleared a, a few minutes ago. Everything else looking good out there. Weather today, another beautiful day for mid-December. Partly cloudy skies, a high of 50 degrees. Right now it's crystal clear and 44 degrees downtown. For our Phoenix listeners, partly cloudy with a high of 70 today. Right now it's clear and 59. In sports, uh, we had uh, some COVID outbreaks affecting our local teams here. The Bulls announced that their two games this week will be postponed to uh, later dates uh, due to 10 guys on their roster uh, being entered into the health protocols because they tested positive for COVID or were in close contact with someone that tested positive for COVID. And uh, then the Blackhawks had their game postponed last night because there was an outbreak uh, uh, on their opponent's roster. The Calgary Flames had an outbreak on their team. So their game was postponed as well. We'll keep you posted as those games are rescheduled. The Suns played last night. They were blown out by the Clippers, one eleven to ninety five. And Monday Night Football uh, for our Phoenix listeners, the Arizona Cardinals uh, dropped to ten and three as they lost at home last night uh, to the L.A. Rams, thirty to
4: twenty three. It strikes me that every one of these teams that's good has like a slot receiver that runs around and, and plays havoc with these zones. And if there is a blitz, they run behind where the linebacker came from. The Bears don't have anybody like that.
5: The Bears have a lot of holes. Yes. Saying.
4: Jeff, uh, I have to ask you, um, why, I mean, Kenny was just on, and we're talking about the, the market is getting is nervous about the Fed meeting. They're worried about, well, it appears they're somewhat worried about direction interest rates, and we're, we're worried about the taper. The bond market shows none of that. If you listen to the, the three amigos, um, Biden, Powell, and Janet Yellen, talking about fighting inflation, the, the buy market is basically saying don't listen to those three idiots. They're not, it, it, it hasn't moved a smidge, even this morning. There's, with this number, which is huge out of PPI, it's, the, I've got the, uh, the 10-year rate is, uh, where, where do I have it? It's, it's actually, uh, it, it's up, it's up, uh, four basis points, which is nothing. The TLT is actually down a dime. It was down a dime. So they're, they're telling you, that no matter what the Fed's telling you, they're still buying. What, what what's to be what's to be believed here? Why is this? Why are two two different messages blinking as, as hard as hard as they can?
3: You know, it's a it's a great question, particularly in light of all the conflicting evidence over the last couple of days. Um, in the last seventy two hours, you've seen record high producer price and uh, and consumer price index numbers coming out of India, Germany. Turkey and Japan. Um, all double digit increases, all of them, and really big numbers that, you know, the Fed's got to be aware of. So the lack of any kind of policy or, or the markets even taking note of that is really beyond me, you know, particularly because, like, you know, Turkey just reported a 20% plus, you know, wholesale price number increase. Germany has a, just, look, a 50-something year record on, on wholesale prices. So the evidence of, of global inflation and that you know, and obviously we have, you know, the, the evidence of domestic inflation is clear. It, it, it just is shocking that the market's not following suit, you know. Well, I, so short answers, I, I can't, can't explain it. You would expect, you would expect to see more of a market reacting than what we are seeing right now.
4: Well, I, I think Jeff, the, the the answer, un- unfortunately, because, uh, I mean, you and I are absolutely on the same page in terms of what we're seeing, and it's not just us. I mean, my brother Dan, I don't know if you were on uh, last week, uh, we, were t- we were talking a little bit about the world price index, and he likes to chart the world price of cereal, and when it gets over essentially five bucks a day, which is what most of the world can afford for food, it usually is, is matched by some sort of insurrection and stuff. So you gotta be careful with that too. We don't seem to care about that either. The last time it was this high is when we had the Arab Spring and everything else. All those revolts usually are economic based, right? I mean, not always, but, uh, but I mean, how, how is it, I mean, take, take Europe for instance. At least our interest rate is, is one and a half. They're still negative. Now, but if you and I would look at the market, if we, if we, if we parachuted in from, uh, you know, the fourth moon of Alpha Centauri, and wanted to trade today, the first thing you would do, looking at these numbers, is you'd call PTI, you'd call somewhere, Tasty Trade someplace, and you'd say, short me these friggin' bonds, what's the matter with you idiots? <laughs> I mean, they, these rates are going up, and yet they're not. In Europe, they're still negative. So clearly, if, if the Jeff chief uh, trading firm decided to short these bonds, we're going to be overrun by the Fed. Slapping us back like we're we're, we're a whack a mole and we're the mole. You can't fight them if, if they start to go up, they're they're buying them, right? So on one hand, they're saying, you know, we're going to fight inflation, but the same thing. If anybody yeah. were to short these bonds, like anybody with a brain in their head would, they're right in the way running you over with a steamroller. You and I, exactly. as big as we may think we are, which we don't. You and I don't have those kinds of egos. We're not the Fed. I mean, so on one hand. They're not letting them move. On the other hand, everybody knows they're supposed, they should be moving. And how long, I guess how long can that last? It's lasted way longer than I thought it could. So obviously I'm not the one to ask. So I'm asking you.
3: Well, you know, so let's step back on on your last statement for a moment. I was speaking to a a young investor uh, last week uh, when I was traveling to New York and, and one of the things we spoke about was, you know, he was trying to make active market call decision tops and bottoms and, and my comment to him was, you know, it, the market's very humbling, and after, you know, 30, 50 years, you, you start learning some things. So, and, and the one thing that I've, I feel as though I've learned is that every trend, everything, takes longer to materialize than you would expect. So if something's particularly, extremely overblown, uh, it doesn't matter. There, there could be another two or three or four years to go, you know, we the... It's just um it's the one takeaway that I can rely on is that these uh this kind of thing that what Greenspan called a rational exuberance years ago. Well, there's a lot of runway for that, and it goes on much, much, much longer than than a rational person would expect it to.
4: Well, I think I mean
3: there's,
4: there's, well, here's I mean, the part that's hard. That's kind of that hard. Isn't that
3: an easy takeaway, though? I mean, isn't that uh, conclusion you come to just watching the markets of the
4: left. If, if, if I was a, if I was a technical guy, I would say you're absolutely correct. But the, 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 part that I sniff, when I first started the business, uh, Jeff, the market was, the Dow was 800 or roughly, interest rates were <laughs> what, 14%? So it was very obvious to me that the firms that were left, we only traded on 100 stocks, right? And there were no indexes. Sure. So it was pretty obvious to me that these particular companies, in, 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 the, in the bleep hole we were in economically, had somehow managed to hang in there, the General Motors and the General Electrics and those kinds of places that you actually traded on the floor, uh, IBM, that even as bad as it was, they were making money, they were okay, and have, some of them were trading six, seven times earnings because you could get 15% in a bank, for God's sake, uh, that, that it was obvious that Volcker had pushed this too far. To, even then, I thought so. And that they were going to have to, these these rates were going to start coming down, and the minute they did, even if they went from fifteen to twelve, these these stocks were tremendous buys. I was long for a solid year and a half until one day they started going the other day, other way because because Volcker basically took his foot off the brake a little bit, and, and the and the, the I think one of the reasons every single time that that's happened, Jeff, if I could go back, if I had the the wherewithal, if I was like Russell now, he's a PhD. I had a couple of guys in class looking for a PhD thesis. I could go back every single time the delay you and I are seeing is because the Fed is late to change. I mean when when Greenspan said irrational exuberance, he was the dope putting money in a system that caused the market to go up. It was him that was doing it. If you if you took a, a, a Fed policy, and now the Fed's job, according to what I think, is to maintain money supply growth, which is not easy by the way. At, at, roughly a little bit more than the growth in the economy. They've never done that, Jeff. In my, in my 50 years of watching them. Even when I was in high school, I kind of watched. They they, 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 they've never done that. They've always been pushing in too much, realized they did, and taken out too much. So, right now, it, it, it's, it's about when are they gonna stop every day that the bonds happen to go, go down, they run in and buy them. Cause they're, they're too big for you and I to fight. The market, Used to be bigger than the Fed. I don't think it is anymore. It, until someday, uh, it'll be some kind of a cataclysmic event where they're not. But right now, it seems like it's costing them more and more money on the balance sheet to stay in the same place. I don't know if you're noticing the same thing, but, but I, it's, it's always, I mean, why isn't it moving smoothly? Because the Fed's not letting it. Now the question is, when's that going to happen? And are you and I going to be the first to know? And the answer is no. I mean, I didn't know that day in August of 1982. All of a sudden, we started buying the market. Why would they pick that day? Well, they obviously front ran the fact that bull Volcker was going li- to was, was going to lay off. Right? I didn't get the memo. Did you?
3: No. No, but you don't. You don't have to get the memo. You know, you you because um, you have the you have the benefit of uh, of transparency and visibility, and you can see when things. Are beginning to happen, you know. It's completely clear, and that was kind of my my message is that you don't have to you don't have to try to get ahead of tops and bottoms. You can you can still react to them for the most part. That that's, that kind of thinking has really paid off a well lot over the last ten years, and, and stop trying to forecast. So, for example, we're working on our, our annual forecast issues, and it's very tongue in cheek. We realize that. You know, the faulty of forecasting in the first place. And that, um, you really don't need to, uh, as much as just be ready and willing to react more than anything. So here, you know, this was a young person trying to make a call on, on cryptocurrencies, uh, you know, on Bitcoin, correcting down to 25,000. And then the point to him was, it's gonna see 100,000 long before it sees 25,000, right? You know? And, and it's just the way things work nowadays. You know, the markets, um, you know, these, these trends go much, much longer than anybody expects. And trying to pick a, a market cap is really a true
4: Well, I I, think you're right. Um but you also, if, if you think that, uh, I mean, right now, if, if you thought, if you're a retail trader and you don't have a futures account, okay, uh, the, one way you're gonna play these, the long-term thing, the the, the ETF essentially for your trading on over 10-year notes or over 10-year bonds is the TLT, right? Now, you and I, I mean, you're, you you haven't been a floor guy as long as I have, but my instinct is if I walk in one day and it's trading 151, and if on Friday the thing's 140, I'm not going to be as aggressive, even though once it starts that way, I agree with you, it's probably on its way to 120 because um, yeah. it, it does want to trend. I'm still not as anxious to short it as I was at 151. And I and I don't I don't really want to concede uh, a bunch of government bumps because they happen to know the Fed chairman. I don't want to concede them the next 10 points. I know I'm never going to be on the, on the top of the train uh, and get the actual memo. I didn't go to the right prep schools for that. But I don't want to be so far behind either, especially when I have to listen to how transparent they are 48 hours a day. Uh, you know, I, I I don't I don't mind being a little pigeon, but I don't want to be a fish. You know what I'm saying? Yep. yep. And I think right now it's it's gotten they're way in too tight. Government's way too much into these markets. And I and and, and I mean, look, I gotta believe, Jeff. Well, let's how how much do you think Europe is in? I mean, uh, here there was a guy in CNBC last week that said the Fed owns over 50 percent of all the pay all the government paper over 10 years. You and I—I I don't think we think for a second that's the Fed's charter. Do you?
3: Right. That's right.
4: I mean, what, what do you suppose? I've, I've, you know, I've had stuff that you know the listeners send me regarding Europe. There, there, there's guys that have sent me stuff that are uncertain. That what do they call CRD numbers over there? What do they call it for like a European bond. They must have something like the CRD, right? But they said the, the, the European Central Bank owns like seventy, eighty percent of some CRDs. Do you, you think that's their job? I mean, how do you trade that kind of market against those guys?
3: Plus there's nothing left for them to buy.
4: Well that yeah. that that's a problem. What <laughs> happened with the Japanese yeah. almost own their own stock market, didn't they? No,
3: yeah, that's a problem. Right, so, so, what, so let me ask you let me ask you a question. It's uh, seeing as how we are uh, working on our annual prediction issue and it, it's a little bit unto At the same point, we we still engage, uh, you know, several dozen different opinions on several on on about a dozen different markets. So I'm curious to ask you as well. If you were to be asked, where do you think the CPI number is going to be at the end of March, the coming March? So let's say you know one quarter down the road. What do you? What would you think that will look like? So I, I guess it really cuts to the core are we going to see a you know, sustained rise in energy prices because that will, that will have a, a material impact. Are supply chain issues is still going to be prevalent. Is inflation transitory or not? But that's the question on the table. Um, the March number that would report you know, around April 13th, what do you think that CPI number is going to look um, so
4: you know, like? That may seem to a simple question to most people, but you know to me it isn't. Um, yep. I'm going to say that the CPI number in March will be roughly uh a, a yearly rate of eight to nine percent. But yep. but that but that's going to be well, the last two months, Jeff. We got a point eight and a point nine, right? So that's point yep. eight five. Yep. What's what's point eight five times times twelve? It's ten point two, right? We're already there. I mean, okay. I, I'm actually here's little, what, here's what I'm saying. I, here here's here's my issue let me ask let me
3: ask you the same about oil prices
4: uh i'm gonna say they're just a little above here i don't i don't i think they're gonna they i i think the long term rate is is roughly in this 75-85 range with all the mm-hmm. and i th- i think that that's that's i think that's our balance now because there's enough countries that are producing uh I mean, that, that that's my range that's where i think is actually the real price, and if it's below that and above it's because somebody's maneuvering it. But here's my problem: And uh, in
3: 2022, a recession or no? I think we.
4: I think we're in one. Yes, yeah. yes, yeah. uh, that would be
3: my guess as well.
4: But here's my concern yeah. with the inflation number: is um, the way that the way the number is set up, uh, Jeff? The last six months, eight months, they they never they never catch up. Because if it if it squeezes out in a certain area, and that area stops, in other words, they like the used cars, they never picked up. Put it this way, they're they're never going to pick up uh hospitalization. All right, and it's been leading the pack, and they cheat on that one because it's only seven percent of the basket instead of twenty of the economy. But if you notice, last year, one of the biggest bugaboos is I just saw two or three different studies in the last three four weeks and you correct me if I'm wrong, virtually everybody has rent prices up 10 to 11% from last year, correct? Is the number where everybody right. is? Okay, now yep. the, the CPI's got that at, at 2%. Now, are they never going to catch up there, or are they going to catch up? Now, if they're going to catch up, that March number, if it's a catch-up month, could be way higher. Than, in other words, I'm having a concern, but the way these guys have been jury-rigging the numbers for so long, I don't know if the numbers are ever going to be good, either to the upside or the downside. Whether whether there are numbers that we can... I, I would say this. If you gave me the job of putting in an escalation clause for somebody who's building houses over the next 10 years, I wouldn't use a CPI, would you?
3: No, of course.
4: I have no idea what to use. I mean, I, 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 right. I'd be real trouble. But when I was doing that for Pullman back in the day, I, I at least trusted the number that if the CPI was up 10%, the costs of us building the railroad car were up roughly 10%. I, I never thought that number would be 2% and our number would be 10. I mean, I at least, maybe I was just young and believed this stuff, but everybody at least believed the numbers back then. I don't believe these at all. So, in other words, if these guys decide they're going to catch up with hospitalization and, and rent, the number in March could be 20%. Yet I don't think that would be right either for March, do you?
3: No, but I think uh, high single digits is, is the right number. Yeah,
4: yeah, but it, but it yeah. Start, but it, uh, high single digits starts to compound on itself pretty quick. That, that's right.
3: Yeah. yeah, exactly. Which we're starting to see right now over the last two or three months. Yeah. Well, before before I run out of time with you, I'm curious because we benchmarked all of our readers. There's a at com There's a very active. uh prediction survey right now from our readers and we've gotten thousands of responses from it and more or less kind of creating a a benchmark of active investors and what their forecasts are. But we had some fun things on it too, so I'm curious uh, Matt, particularly for you uh, three questions. World Cup, who wins?
5: Interesting yeah,
3: I... I we've got World Cup, the NCAA championship, and of course the Super Bowl I'm curious as to, and the super uh, the NCAA was a, a pretty aggressive competition between Purdue and Gonzaga um, among their leaders. Uh, what's your call on that?
5: Sure, uh, World Cup. I'll throw just a guess out there because I don't follow it that closely, but I'll say France. Um, I think they're they're always good, and and I watched them recently, and I think it was the uh, uh, the Europe. Uh, Championships was it last yep. six months ago, and they didn't win it, but uh, they had a good showing. Uh, NCAA, uh, I don't like Gonzaga this year. I do like Purdue, uh, but um, the best team I've seen this year is Baylor, and uh, Baylor won it last year. And uh, it's rare that someone repeats, but I'll uh, I'll be an outlier and I'll say Baylor. Um, mm-hmm. good one. Super yeah. Super Bowl um is is interesting it's it 's very interesting because i really i don 't like anyone in the a f c at all and then the n f c you know the cardinals were the best team they got beat last night the packers are are really good uh yep. and, but aaron rodgers is is kind of banged up but that you wouldn 't know it when he plays the bears uh and uh you know you, the rams are right there there 's a a lot of good options I would say my favorite to win the super Bowl this year Oh, uh, it's God damn! That's a uh, it's a tough one. There's so every team has so, has flaws this year. I'm going to go with Tampa to repeat with Tom Brady. I'm going I'm yeah. to It was
3: the popular choice. So I'm going go crazy on you. Isn't that say, amazing? Just to
5: think
3: about that.
4: That's
5: yeah, an amazing play. it's insane. I'm yeah. going to
4: say New England.
5: New England. I think they I think New England is is now the favorite to win the AFC, it, which is insane. They started off two and four. They have a rookie quarterback. Uh, and, and yet now they haven't lost since. I think they're nine and four now. And, uh, they're, them and Kansas City are, uh, are tied for the number one spot in the AFC.
4: Can I ask you, uh, Maven's a question regarding soccer? Since I don't know, I only got 30 seconds. When you say the World Cup team from France, is that the same as the national team? Is that, I thought these were yes. all kind of different teams. They're not?
5: No, well, the World Cup is your national team.
4: Right, so, but they, they have all their guys that are going to be on it are already on it. They're not picking people up between now and then.
5: Um yeah. they I mean they have like a it's just like when we pick a team to go to the Olympics. They have, you know, they they've sort of uh I'm not saying they have tryouts, but they they invite guys and if they decide they want to play then they're in.
4: All right. so they're not getting people off like the, the leagues in England and stuff. You already know who's going to play for who, I guess is my
5: question. Well, yeah, you yeah. have to be French. Yeah, I like okay. okay, to play on the French team. Now you're professionally you're playing in England probably. All right, so we already know who the who the people are, yeah,
3: guess, right? All right? Yeah, exactly. But I have got one I've got one last question right. for you guys. What do you what do you think about the chatter of Britzker uh as being a, a candidate for the Democratic uh, presidential nomination in twenty twenty four? It's becoming popular chatter in uh inside Washington Democratic Circles that's right.
5: Yeah, we gotta be able to do better than that. I would say he has no chance, but, but, you know, I don't follow national politics that closely, but I would say he has no chance.
4: I don't think he has a chance to be governor again. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, Boy, Let's talk about that next week, Jeff. Wow, that's a good one.
3: But thank yeah, you, thank you. Hey,
4: when's the next uh, edition yeah, coming out? When's your next edition coming out?
3: Oh, uh, we go to print on Friday, so that, uh, let's say in about two weeks. Right, we'll bud. have the next latest luckbox. box. You can get it for free at getluckbox.com.
4: All right, bud. We'll talk about more about that next week. SP Futures, wow, down 30 now. And Futures down 173. We're leaking.
5: Back tomorrow, Stocks and jacks. What do we learn, Palmer? I don't know, sir. I don't know either. I guess we learned not to do it again